look at those green eyes that are matching your green can. Hi, Patrick. <laughs> Hello, Miss Jessie. How are you doing today? I am very well. I'm, I'm ex uh, I stuffed my face, as you know, so I got a full belly, ready to, ready to talk about some beer. Ready to be comatose on the couch? Yeah, you know, it'll be a nice, uh, a nice day to relax. What are you binging? You said Gotham. I think Gotham makes the most sense. Huh. Stephanie's got me, got me, watching it, and I, I got to admit, it's it's quite quite entertaining. I feel like I've watched a couple episodes of Gotham, and try as I might, as a big Batman fan, I haven't. Is it worth giving it another go? Yeah, I mean, I've never been a huge TV show guy, and this one at least caught my interest, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, uh, I know I was telling you this at lunch, but I was just watching um, Black Summer. So, little fact about me, I used to be terrified of zombies. You used to be terrified of what? Zombies. Okay. Like, to me, that it. is, like, the epitome of, like, the worst of all events ever. Like, it's just hopeless despair. I'm, like... Like the, the idea of like people descending into that level and like just like a rat a mad rampage of zombies like freaks me the fuck out. But I'm sure World War Z would be right up your alley. But I mean, here's the thing, like so in the last like five years, because I am a big horror fan, I've started watching those movies and like trying to like expose myself to zombie shows, and now I love them. Good. So well, if I, you haven't seen that one, it's it's got Brad Pitt in it. So it's I, gotta be good. But I love World War Z. Also read it's the like, book. In fact, I, maybe I'll go watch that when I get home. Yes, it's always entertaining. But the zombies making that mm -hmm. weird noise in that maybe they like that. That's a weird thing to me. Creepy. That was kind of creepy. That was totally creepy. Next time we can we start another podcast and talk about movies too. <laughs> you know? Well, this can still evolve into whatever we want it to be. Well, uh, should we welcome everyone? Say hello for all of our True. massive audience out there. Hey there, friends of ours. <laughs> uh, I'm Patrick, uh, uh, the, the bearded guru, and then I have the bearded guru co-host, Miss Jessie, Jessie Sanini. Hey, friends, what's Hello, up? Everyone. What's up? What's going on? How's everyone doing today? Are they going to res respond via comments? Uh, Touche. Um, Shut up. So I have my, <laughs> I have my sipping beer with me. Uh, what are you sipping on? Uh, uh, some lovely customers of ours from Canada. Uh, came by last night. They hadn't been here in two and a half years due to the plague, so they uh, they brought us some nice beers from Canada. So I'm having this while while we wait to open up our, our, our fantastic selected beer of the day. What makes Canadian beer different than uh, United States beer? I'm just kidding. There's well, no actual... I mean, I can answer slightly <laughs> this. At least the water is different. You You're know? like, well, yeah. one's from Canada and the other's from the United States. In theory, they would have pristine, beautiful water that would make up 90% of the beer. So, this is true. But so far, I've had two of these. They're, they're, they're lovely. Um, but I am excited about... Uh, we're going to crush this, this, this local Zoni Mash brewing. Crush it! Crush it! So we, we decided to choose Zoni Mash uh, beer projects. Uh, super fancy uh, double IPA today. Since last week, we did the, the barley wine. We did do the barley wine last week, and that also was from Sierra Nevada, so not a local brewery. And mm. we do want to focus on local breweries, at least while we start kind of these initial episodes. I didn't look. We have, what, 14 breweries operating in the kind of greater New Orleans area? We have 32 breweries. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's actually probably close I think it's to 14. Between, let's say 13 or 14 breweries operating in the, in the greater New Orleans area, and then I think in the 40s for statewide. We have enough breweries in this town to have a um, dregs and kegs marathon 
that starts at, I believe, Foberg Brewery, or no, it starts at Zoni Mash, and basically creates a marathon where approximately every one to two miles, you are stopping at a brewery until you finish the marathon. Am I allowed to walk said marathon? No, because I think that it would time out by then. But I still want to do it. But they always announce it like a few weeks before they actually host the event. And that's just not enough time to train for a marathon. Um, For everybody who's not familiar, you should be. But Zoni Mash is... uh, A biological point of interest. Not too far away from us. Uh, Obviously, we're recording here at 504 Craft Beer Reserve. And uh, about four four minutes lit away, down two lane towards the city, you hang a right on Broad and go over the interstate, and there it is. Uh, it's a fantastic space. Uh, they've really done some incredible things with it. Uh, I love Zoni Mash for a number of reasons. One, our friend Mitch is the brewer over there, and his his um, his business partner over there, Adam, also a fantastic dude, and they really have, like you said, they've created just an awesome space. Where they have that located is the old Gem Theater in Central City. Mm-hmm. Um, that that establishment, like that location, has kind of struggled through the years to be like a couple of different things. It was a brewery before. It was briefly a brewery, Wayward Brief, All. Which yep, briefly. Y'all, y'all may remember. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh, they're not still brewing, are they? The, Anywhere? Florence and the gentleman's up the upper northwest, and he's okay. he's back, you know, but but yeah. didn't work out unfortunately, and and. Uh, but Zoni, I got to admit, really just took it and ran. And they did some incredible things with not only the inside, but the outside. Space. So the space itself is fantastic. The yes. beers. So Mitch is always kind of focused on sours in many ways. And that, that seems, to, seems to have always been his specialty. Yes, he's a food scientist. And we, uh, he's very good at flavors. Uh, but he has really got his hops dialed in um, lately. And so uh, I seem to be a... A fan of IPAs, and so uh, so we, we chose one today. Uh, this is, by the way, the Catch and Kill is the one we're going to go with. It's the one with the huge pink shark on it. <laughs> so, uh, so when you see it, uh, uh, you should recognize it, and it is advertised as a big, fluffy IPA. Yeah, so that's what I'm kind of curious about, because I had this beer when they first kind of put it out when the brewery first opened, but it has been a long time since I've had Catch and Kill. And there's been a few incarnations of it. Right. Over the, over the last two years, give or take. When Zoni opened, the very first beer I ever had from them was King of the Carrot Flowers, which I tried to get them to name Zoni Splash, and that was just not taken. That's fine. That's cool, Adam. That's cool. Um, but before that beer was even um, canned, that carrot, the King of the Carrot Flowers beer was just like such a weird new flavor as a sour, and you're right, Mitch just excels at his sours, um, and it really did. It tasted it's like a fantastic. Beer. Yeah, it tasted like. I mean, it's the, a beautiful color. It's that uh, bright tangerine orange right. color. Right. And, and so sours are my favorite thing on the planet, but that one is actually that one was very just so very good. approachable. It, it was just something I had never had before, and it was really fantastic. And when the IPA started coming out, I know that he was struggling with, like you said, it was like trying to find a balance. It's really difficult to do. That you have to have everything just like dialed in and really keyed in on the well, you know like the brewery shit that you're actually like dealing with, um, and so at the time initially, Catch and Kill was not a beer that I liked there, um, so I'm I'm excited to try it today. It's been it's it's tasting delicious. So this this latest incarnation is actually the base, the base IPA to a, a lovely uh, uh, my favorite beer that they've done called beer, <laughs> called Bearded Guru. <laughs> Which was why why is it your favorite beer? Uh, it may or may not have any have something to do with me or us at, at, at Craft Beer Reserve. 
I think it's all sold out. So unfortunately, I don't have any of that one. But this, so this is the closest thing you're going to get to it. Uh, so, Mitch, if you have any hiding in your you fridge, should, you can you let us, us know? <laughs> um, so this is the base beer, and then you know, okay. as, as a wonderful birthday gift to us, they kind of pulled a few a few bits of, of, of catch and kill off, and then double dry hopped it with a whole bunch of cool stuff like Citra Lupamax and so that's what Bearded Guru became correct okay so Bearded Guru was this beer on some additional steroids of oh. hops. Um, so this is a I've had it recently and it's just it's it's big and fluffy um, it better be big and fluffy otherwise I'm gonna be pissed speaking of which the, the fluffy uh, for everybody out there really refers to kind of the mouthfeel the body of it okay um it's kind of pillowy and fluffy, and it should should have a, a, a soft mouthfeel, even though it's a big double IPA. Um, you're not going to get a massive caramelized uh, malt sweetness. Um, you'll get a, 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 I keep using the word approachable, but it's fairly uh, fairly easy drinking. We have we have the it's mutts in the the eight. mutts in the house, so they're they're barking, hanging out. It's an eight percent IPA. Oh. For a, this is a hazy, right? It will definitely be unfiltered and okay. hazy and tropical. Um, Eucanaut hops uh, will lend some some tropical flavors, but more like stone fruit and green melon. And then you have uh, which else is this? Is uh, Ella and citrus. So you'll you'll get a little nice spectrum. How do you pronounce that last one? Eucanaut is Eucanaut. the way I've always okay. pronounced it. Uh, That's what I was going to say. So the hops in this one are Ella, e- Citra, and Eucanaut. Eucanaut, Equinot. Yeah. Equinox? Ella is actually new to me. I haven't really, I'm not terribly familiar with it, so this should be fun. The Citra definitely is going to have, like the name, citrus, piney, floral, The more common notes. hops to me when I, it's like the common thread hops that I see in a lot of like New England styles or hazies or IPAs. You should use positive. I had to do it. As per, per usual, I get a little, a little anxious and I got to get, get it going. So we're going to split this. So, so you mentioned that, like, okay, of course, this is called a big fluffy IPA, and you measure, you mentioned that it was, like, it's pillowy. So two other beers that, that Zoni Mash does on the IPA spectrum that are just so freaking good are uh, Pleasure Pattern and Pillow Talk. Mm. Oh, Yeah, they need to bring to Pillow Talk back. I have not yes. seen that in quite a while. And Pleasure Pattern. Pleasure Pattern is the one with the leopard print yep. label, so... That is a powerful and very strong IPA. It does not taste like, I think, 9%, which it is. I think it might even be closer to 10%. Mm-hmm. Woo! Okay. And, you, and you say that, if you remember, that the, the ABV was hidden pretty well in there. <laughs> hidden uh, in the patterning. Yeah, so, so it's dangerous. Looking at this beer, it is very cloudy. It's very, like, almost looks like orange juice a little bit. Definitely. So I've got it kind of hanging out in the light, yeah. So kind of like a darker orange juice, um, certainly unfiltered, as almost all of these are. Um, you're usually looking at, uh, you know, yeasts and, uh, you know, you'll have some hops and stuff. Do it just left in suspension, so it... Um, so what is... This is a silly question, but, like, you say it's unfiltered, mm-hmm. but aren't, aren't, aren't all hazies unfiltered is that like how they become hazy what does filtering do um i mean back in the day brewers their goal was to clarify the beer and have it pristine and crystal clear like you could see through it you could not only see through it but you know just just really nothing left in suspension so they would do it two ways 
you know, usually you start when you're in the fermenter at the end of the fermentation process, they'll start chilling the fermenter down and all the yeast will crash out. And so they'll okay. all fall to the bottom. And then breweries will then even, you know, filter it through. Uh, there's a couple different ways to do it. Each brewery has their own way. But sure. they do pass it through um, these, these, these filtration system. And then, then as it's going into what's called the bright tank, where it kind of gets carved up and ready to go to get packaged. Huh. Um, but it, it, this style throws off old school brewers because, again, they're, they're, their whole life they've been brewing to clarify and have this yeah. beautiful, cr- crisp, clean beer. And then now they've got to change it to be hazy and to dirty be and hazy murky. and stay. And so a lot of that has to do with the yeast. Um, you know, I haven't brewed in a long time, so I, I would love to get a little bit, you know, but there is definitely some yeast works better for that process of, 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 of remaining in suspension. When you start seeing particulates sit at the bottom of a beer, you know, um, it's not going to hurt you, but ideally that would remain in suspension. Yeah, so don't see that in this beer. No. Everything looks perfectly. Perfectly. Everything looks perfectly like there isn't any set, uh, like, um, sedent, what do you call it? Sedentary? Sedentary. Some sediment? Yeah, there's no sediment that's sitting at the bottom. Um, when I smell it, it kind of reminds me of. Um, so if you're making like a really good homemade country white bread, it almost smells like the sponge. So the yeast almost like from your sponge, which is just the mixture of just the yeast in the water when you make it bubbly and you add sugar to kind of like get the act, like the yeast to be active. And that's what it reminds me of. It's like. And it doesn't say on there, but I'm assuming this has some oat flakes in it. There's something in there that really kind of. Why do you think that? It just softens up the, 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 the it's such a. You know, I think that's why they're calling it fluffy. It's it, sure. the oat flakes really as a as a when they when they brew a beer with oat flakes, it just adds this this uh, soft and I, I get the breadiness um, that you're talking yes. about um, mixed with these stone stone fruit green melon um, tropical flavors. So it's not as citrus. It's not like it's not like lemon peel or anything like that. Yeah, but it's definitely like a chill fruit flavor. It's not over the top. It's not like some of these beers that taste like um, sunscreen. Kidding. Definitely, but, yeah. Um, you're right. So when I smell it, I smell that like, I mean, in my mind, it reminds me of active yeast. I'm not saying that it's active mm-hmm. yeast, but I like, I smell that yeastiness. It smells soft. It smells like it fills up my nostrils in like a very sweet way. And it, you know, so we're getting these kind of what kind of call it? Call it f- fruit esters? Yeah, like that are melon coming. is a great way to describe that. You know, the esters will come from the yeast um, and provide a lot of f- fun flavors in here. And then certainly the hops will add to it. So soft. So these styles, really, their kind of goal is they're trying to minimize the malt. Like back in the day when we drank these West Coast style IPAs, they were... They had a different color. Uh, they were more clear. Uh-huh. But they had this aggressive caramelized honey malt toffee sweetness and then there was a ton of hops in it a bu- bunch of piney resin hops to balance out that sweetness you see the face you see the face I'm and making. yeah she's got a, 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 a <sighs> that's it <laughs> i like i like my my hazy ipas more than the west coast but they're, they're now that i've revisited some i i am enjoying those too but uh this is definitely my favorite styles uh i agree so totally so the breweries yeah their goal is here is to kind of minimize the the malt sweetness and just present a backbone uh 
it, but but really accentuate those those hops, floral, citrus, piney, grapefruit. And then, depending on what beer, this one, you get more stone fruit and tropical flavors. And this is also dangerous because, again, it's 8% for an ABV, and it doesn't taste that way. Like, this is, to me, an IPA that I could easily drink a full can of this. And just, and probably relatively quickly, because it's not heavy. It's very filling, but it's not, like, heavy on the flavor. It's, yeah. when, it, when it hits my tongue, it still feels very sweet. And it's a lingering sweetness, but the flavor doesn't change, which I really like about like a beer like this, where it's not like your your tongue can't make up its mind about what flavor is going to sit on it. So it stays consistent on my palate, and, which is good. And sweet sometimes has a negative connotation for some people. And so you got to remember when I use sweet, there's there's malt. When we use that term malt sweetness, you're using grains. You're getting sugars, breaking down complex sugars into fermentable sugar. Yeah. So there is sweetness in there. And then hops is, is going to be a bittering agent. And so the brewers are trying to find a balance between the sweetness and the bitter. And this is fantastic. Uh, it is a really good balance. I do find this to be a sweeter IPA. And I'm okay with that. But yeah, it's yeah. not a sweetness that's deterring. It's not like over the top where like sometimes you're, you're drinking some of those, um, like the ABV is so high, like we talked about in episode one, where it was just like, it's so sweet. You're just like, ooh, that's, it's good, but I could drink half of this, where this I could drink. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, if it, was, if, it was, <laughs> if it was on the bitter side, like maybe too much hops and or out of balance that... A beer would have more of that piney resin bitterness that is, is not going to turn some people off, and right. others are going to love it. But but I think this one is uh, from the front to the back of my palate. There's no sharp edges. There's no spikes in flavor profile that 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 you know makes me or it doesn't draw any attention to anything other than just finishes clean and then you then you want another sip. Um, and they've really started kind of dialing these in. So, uh, uh, Well, that's the thing that I love most about Zoni these days is that these IPAs have really become an, a competing edge in the hazy market or the IPA market, especially for the state of Louisiana, which, you know, before we definitely had that as Parish, Gnarly Barley. Those guys really honed it in and, and made kind of like the classics, right, with Ghost in the Machine and Jucifer, but... Um, having a local brewery that has really started to kill it when it comes to these hazies mm -hmm. and on a more predictable level where it's like now what they're putting out is actually very consistently like good. It's, it's, it's a dangerous trip to the brewery <laughs> during happy hour. <laughs> and, and, every, and they're, they're new. I forget exactly how old they are, but I would assume they're at least three years. They're about three years old. Cause they were open yeah. up before the plague. Um, and so that, they hadn't opened when Brian and I just started dating is when they were just about to open. And that was one of our actual, I would say we were about, we were probably dating for three or four months. So we went to like their soft opening. So that was like fun. And it always takes a while for a brewery to kind of get up and, you know, and, and, you know, especially Mitch being a home brewer, you know, you're going from five gallon batches to now you're scaling that up to, I think he has a two 15 barrel system. So that's, Oh, it's crazy big over there. gallons or something, if I did my math instantly in my head. Um, so, I mean, it's a tremendous difference, and it's not just multiplying it by three or four. It really is a, a science. And uh, so um, so it, it, anybody out there who's tried Zoni Mash in the past and 
for whatever reason, either you weren't into sours or you didn't care for something, always go back, give, give a brewery three, or three to six months, and then go try them again. Totally. And uh, you'll notice a tremendous difference. Um, and I, I wanted to mention also at 8%, this falls into that double or imperial uh, category. Right. And a few people have asked me out there, so I wanted to clarify. It's like anything normally over 7.2 to me is, is an imperial um, I remember a lot of the German Doppelbox were 7.2, and so that's kind of where it, where they. Uh, some in the industry, though, eight is that cutoff. So, give or take, but but once you hear Imperial or Double, they mean the same thing, and it's you know it's not necessarily like they're taking the grain bill and multiplying it by two. They but it, but it's just a big. A, no, they're just taking the grain bill and they're conquering it, which is why it's Imperial. You know, no, I'm just so, kidding. That's so so more grain goes in, more sugar, so higher <laughs> alcohol content. Um, The thing I do like about talking about local breweries is you also can talk about the vibe of the place. And so Zoni Mash is very music-focused, right? So Zoni Mash is the name of what, like that B-side of the, like, Meters album. That's why the brewery is named after that. Of course, the Meters are out of New Orleans. And... um, I'm Adam, so hip, I didn't know what... So oh, had, somebody well, had to tell me that when I first... Adam, like Adam has done a really... Uh, he's really focused a lot of attention on making that place a music place, for sure. Um, I can say that that probably saved our mentality uh, or our mental health through the pandemic with their outdoor beer garden and being able to have live music um, when we were actually able to have live music. And... Um, they've basically redone the inside of the brewery now, so they actually have, like, a, a proper soundstage. So it'll be kind of cool. I haven't been to a show yet yeah, since th- they finished they, that. They, they definitely added to the brewery, because, you know, it's a huge theater, and so you have the tanks. Theater. So it's Listen home. to that pronunciation. It's great to be able to sit in the tap room, but be also be, able to be right next to the tanks. Mm-hmm. And, but they made some additions and added some cool curtains so that the the, the sound quality would, would be Yeah, improved. and sound paneling on the back yeah. of that concrete wall. So, like, it's kind of like this neat um, jigsaw puzzle of colors that, and just, like, the woodworking in the in the brewery and everything like that. It's just, it's a great vibe. Great so vibe for please sure. please go check them out uh, on, on Instagram and Facebook. Go listen uh, to some live local music, as they say. it's at Zoni Mash Beer Project. Uh, Beer logical point of interest. As I say. But there's definitely a zonimashbeer.com, so you can definitely find out all of their, their <laughs> social media from there and see how much research. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and rank it. We've had a little bit of feedback when it comes to how we're going to rank our beers. And nobody can really it. decide, but... Was it the beer taps? Like, beer taps. Are we sticking with five beer taps, or is it one through know, five I, or one through ten? I'm ooh, okay with one I kind five. of like... Wait, you like one through five? Well, I mean, I, untapped is five, and so I know anything at uh. four and above usually is a world-class beer um, on untapped. So you go with, and like, so, five taps? You know, so um, so I, you're never going to hear me say anything negative about a local brewery, but I'm also not going to lie. Um, I'm going to give this four out of five taps only because pleasure pattern is so good. I... <laughs> I am very okay with that rating. I like, if I I had like the, to. The, the four out of five. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody would be disappointed if they're looking for a big, hazy, juicy, tropical double IPA. It's really good. And from what I remember from when this beer originally came out to now, it's just, like I said, it's phenomenal. They've done a great job with expanding their beer portfolio and the styles of beers that they have. Um, what was once kind of a sour-focused brewery has really expanded and is really killing it, in my opinion, in the catch-and-kill, no pun intended, killing it in the IPA market as well. 
Um, I'm always just excited to see what they're going to put out. It's a great time. And I, I did want to add that, and this applies for as much of the beers you can you can get. It's it, right on the side. It says keep cold and drink fresh. If you True find that. this beer on a hot shelf somewhere, um, burn it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> any any hoppy beer should be in the cooler. So do your best to buy buy hops straight from the cooler or straight from the brewery. Um, yeah. Certainly here at 504, none of our hoppy beers ever leave the cooler. Um, that is th- th- That will preserve the hops. They fall off both aroma and flavor quite quickly if they're sitting on a hot shelf. That's good to know. Feel free to yeah. do your experiments at your house. You know, leave a beer on the counter for a week and then have one in the cooler for a week and then uh, do them side by side. I assure you, you'll notice a difference. Question. Silly question. What about beer left on the shelf that you then cool? Will that actually change the dynamic of that beer? Um, I'm speaking to a... Um, local establishment we go to a lot that's not a, that's our friend's house and we've had a cooler full of old beer that we just keep re-putting on ice <laughs> Look, it's <laughs> ideally you know going from one of the biggest misconceptions that i hear is people are worried that they actually have come in and go do you have any hot ipas what and in my brain it just i'm like why would you want a hot ipa but a lot of folks have been convinced that if a beer goes from chilled to room temperature to back to chilled, it will somehow ruin the beer. And it is patently false. Okay. It is far, far better that the beer has been cold, went to room temperature for a short time, and then back to cold, rather than sitting warm the whole time. But something has, I don't know if it's grocery stores or somebody has spread this rumor that, oh, the beer should be hot. I believe Joe Rogan. That somehow the beer should be hot the whole time instead of being chilled and go to room temperature and back to chilled. So... Uh, so I, you can take a beer that has kind of warmed up and re-chill it. Of course. Now, yeah. ideally, you don't want to go up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Sure. You certainly want to avoid extremes. You don't want it to, in the backseat of your car, and you definitely don't want to freeze it. You know, but the less abuse, the better the beer will be. And Noted. so if it's in the cooler the whole time, even if you're traveling around the country and you go, okay, I found this, hot, uh, this cold IPA, but I'm not going to be able to refrigerate it for the next couple hours because I'm driving, that's perfectly fine. Right. So I had to throw that in real quick. Um, well, that's good to know, though, because, like, we do that a lot, right? Especially if you don't want to, if you're not flying and you're not checking luggage, then it is good to know that, like, you go to visit your favorite local brewery and you're three or four states away and you can drive back with it and, you know, re-chill it and it's going to be pretty decent. Well, I'm very glad that we, we got to hang out and do this today. Plus, I'm glad that we ate Mexican food before this. It was incredible. <sighs> the queso. <laughs> So, uh, so a, a nice, a nice beer, uh, and, and now I want to go take a nap. Ditto. I'm there for that as well. Can't wait to go home to my cats. Start binge watching Stranger Things season four. I think we're we're doing either go Gotham or, or, or World War Z. So I'm in. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Patrick, for another exciting episode. Thank you, Miss Jessie. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Love you. Thank you.